Welcome to Cinema 7. We're back. We're live. It's me and John Kenoki again. Just John Kenoki and I. Um, I don't think we're technically live, if you're listening to this. Well, we're live. We're live. Me and you are live, but they are not. Well, we're live right now, but when they listen to it, it won't be live. It will technically be live for them. I mean, if we say I it mean, is, it's, I it'll guess. It'll be taped for us then, but then it'll be live for them. I don't think that's the same thing. I, I think, think it works that way. I think we actually doing it. So anyway, we're Cinema 7. Um, you can look us up on Twitter. Uh, roll credits. I'm joking. So today we're gonna. It's not gonna be a very long episode. Uh, we're just gonna briefly talk about. Uh, it comes at night. Um, critically acclaimed. I would say so. Almost how we started off the mommy episode. We said critically acclaimed, and then John replied critically defamed. But this is actually critically acclaimed. Um, it's what is it on Rotten Tomatoes? I thought 87, 85. Yeah, 87, something like that. Uh, With a user score of like 45. Yeah, so users hate this movie. Uh, critics love this movie. But then again, we do not condone the actions of, you know, basing your opinion off of Rotten Tomatoes. You have to go see this for yourself based on whatever we say, whatever other podcasts may say, whoever you listen to. Whatever you want to, I mean, whatever you know. That's if you want to, if you want to judge the movie based off critics and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. Fine, that's that's on you. Whatever. You'd always give it your own, you know, at least a shot. And when we get into this, though, we'll see, you know. So, I don't think we're really gonna have. We don't really. We don't have time, but we really also don't have any movie news other than maybe. The Bumblebee movie that's going to be based in the 80s. 1980s Bumblebee. Transformers Bumblebee Origins, 1980s. So it's it's essentially going to go down like this, okay? It's going to be Bumblebee. He's going to be a young buck Transformer, all right? He's he's going to be living the dream as his, as his fancy car, you know, 80s car. 80s car. And he's gonna lose his voice. That's what's gonna happen. He's gonna he's gonna turn into the radio. That's the so, whole plot. So this is the origin of how he lost his voice. Exactly. That's gonna be the whole plot of the movie. I think we should pitch a Bumblebee movie. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. In the eighties too. So we gotta have yeah, well, references to making fun of him. He looks like Pac Man car. Oh yeah. You know, stuff stupid stuff like that. Yeah, and we'll have some eighties uh, themed music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have a guy, you know, who sees it and he's like i gotta make a tv show based off of this a cartoon yeah yeah and then yeah. it's canon and all that canon in the own universe yeah and then it's breaking the fourth wall it'd be great yeah, and then we can go back even further with the, the dinobots prequel movie next and yeah. it'll it'll work out we'll have teases of that so if you already turned us off i'm i apologize we'll get to uh it comes at night right now Welcome to the uh so event. i guess we'll start out do we even want to start out with just non-spoiler general thoughts? I got some non-spoiler general thoughts. Okay, go ahead. I John think, will start this I think off. this movie is very misleading. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I went into it expecting one thing. I got a completely different one. And uh, I wasn't very happy with that. I have to agree. I think, I think um, based on the trailer, uh, you, th- you, you feel like there might be some kind of... Um, presence and the title's misleading honestly it's very very misleading unless it's saying 
And we will get in that spoilers, but I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm not going to say the movie is entirely bad or I entirely disliked it because there's elements of it that I did like. Uh, so I'll save my final opinion for when we do a final summary and grade. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so um, I don't know what else to say non, non-spoilerly. I, don't, I, don't, I think we've got to go into it. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to talk about this movie without just talking, ta- about, talking about the actual plot. Yeah, talking about what happens in the movie. So, is, are you sure there's nothing else we could say? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think there's enough to say. Because the movie doesn't provide. We're, we're not saying it's bad. It's it. We we both can understand. I think we both can see where the critics love this movie. I can definitely see why critics like the movie and why users would not like the movie. Yeah, I mean, we had a stint of that when the movie when the movie was over. We had for some reason two different people looked back at us and like this, this is after four people walked out. Yeah, four people did walk out of this movie. Um. This this older couple who might have been drunk, you know, looked back and goes, "This ain't no horror movie." They were. This uh, was the worst ever movie I've ever seen. They were something, that's for sure. And then the other guy looked back and he was like, "Dad, what the heck?" Yeah, he, or something he, like he that. He had to comment. Like he commented yeah. to them, and then he commented to us. Like after he was already out of the theater, he poked yeah. his head back in just to say something. Yeah, we were like, "What?" Yeah, I don't know. It was like we were waiting for his response. Like we had to know what this guy we, said. We had to. We should have interviewed him right there on the spot. Oh my goodness, we should have. I wish I had a mic. I might have to get those little... Uh, I think Blue makes a mic. Maybe but we should start doing that. Interviewing people after movies. We should. That's a good idea. Excuse me, sir, what do you think of this movie? We'll, we'll make up their name. Until AMC throws us out every time. Oh my goodness. So we'll, we'll dive into this. We'll get right into the movie. Um, so spoilers, we're going to get really detailed into the plot and uh whatever else may come with that for it comes at night and before we before we hit those heavy spoilers i'm just gonna say i don't think it's worth seeing in theaters no. from a uh movie goer average person standpoint so if that changes you know whether you want to listen to these spoilers it might well yeah um i i agree with that i think i think mostly what you should do is probably Sit down at night, watch this, you know, maybe when it's late and, uh... Have something with, else to do, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Don't watch this with a significant other. Definitely not a significant other type of movie. No. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll just jump right into it. Um, it starts off with them showing the... Well, you don't know who he is. He just seems like he there's something wrong with him. He's might a be a sick older man. Sick older man who's infected with something and you find out it's the it's the uh Joe Egerton's father-in-law who is the kid who they focus on the kid a lot. I would say would you say he's the star of the movie? I would say he's the the focal point. I would say the father is probably the main character. Yeah. I would cuz he he does more. Well, it's the kid's grandfather and so they have to put him down, I guess, is how he's we... like sick, and yeah, they gotta kill him. Yeah, they take him behind the woodshed. Literally. Yeah, and you know they uh, they burn the body because obviously it's contagious. They have the gas masks and everything. Yeah. Ah, you know, from the beginning of that that whole scene where they set up, you know, killing the the grandfather, and they're like 
big deal. I thought it was going to be great. I thought something was going to come of that. That we were going to get, you know, this, this... There was a reason they had to kill him. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to actually die or something. Yeah, because the, um, the, like, the kid has dreams throughout the movie, and he sees his grandfather. Yeah, he, like, comes back and, like, roars or something weird. If you didn't get the memo, guys, super spoilers already. Okay, we, we, we said it. We're getting, we're going to dive deep into this movie, details, all that jazzy jazz. Um, but, yeah, so the kid sees, like, these, he sees the grandfather in his dreams, and sometimes you don't know if the dreams are dreams or if they're actually happening you know what i mean like it, what you, is it? you do get uh kind of a blur and what's actually happening and what's not happening especially from the middle of the movie onward because early on it's really apparent because he wakes up after everything and nothing else happens but there is like one scene where he wakes up twice yeah and that's when it's sort of like well what's actually happening but then again that's never really super relevant to the, the end goal with this movie yeah is that, i can yeah exactly it's it's kind of rough. Um, I do think they they start off really good, because uh, after the uh, the grandfather scene, they go into uh, you know them surviving and them talking about you know you show any signs of being sick or whatever and which is legit. Yeah, I thought it was it legit. makes sense. You know, he checks the hands and stuff because where shows up first, I guess. And then they end up uh, like a guy breaks into their house. Yeah, and will I, again. I thought it was going to be pretty good, you know? Yeah. I was like, this guy's breaking in, what's he doing? Is he infected? Is he lying to them? Yeah, or is he trying to get away from something? Yeah, it was just, what's he running from? And there's this whole interrogation scene where the guy's, like, basically not believing him that he has a family. Well, th- what's weird about that character is his face is straight every time Joel Egerton's character talks to him. Like, you don't under you don't know if there's something behind what he's saying, or maybe he's infected or if he's one of these whatever it is because it comes at night and the guy came at night you don't you, you don't understand he, so what, he knocks him out right T- ties him to a tree overnight why yeah. does he tie him outside overnight i have no idea i think it's uh they kind of allude to it you should so show signs after a day because right after that when he you know goes with them to get his family he says he's gonna wait three days yeah but later on in the movie, they separate for a day because I guess you know, that's how they'll know. Which they never really tell you that, but you just kind of assume that. But yeah, he ties him outside for a day, and then you know he just suddenly believes him. He's like, "Oh, you must be telling the truth. Let's go get your family." Ended up believing him, and then I think when you see when when they drive out to get the family, that's when you think you might see something. Like I mean. I was we were hoping we'd see something, and you kind of alluded to maybe they won't show anything at all here. Yeah, I didn't think they would, but we did kind of see you know that blurry image. We both saw it, so yeah. it was like it was like a dude sitting on a stump in the woods, or yeah, it looked like I mean, something. I guess it could just be like a downed tree, but it just looked so convincing. And at that point, you just want something to happen. Yeah. So I guess you know you trick yourself, but then they get uh they get ambushed. And I don't know about you, but when, like, they first get ambushed, I didn't know exactly what happened. Because apparently there was, like, a... I thought he ran over something. Well, he did. And his tire popped. I didn't know that. I thought something hit the truck. Oh. And you don't really know what happens until the guy's fixed in the tire. But wouldn't you see that if you were driving in the road? Like, if you paying attention? Yeah. You'd see it. Like, why would you drive over Unless that? they shot the tire. 
I guess they could have, but that'd be kind of hard to do. He was going pretty fast. That is true, yeah. I, I don't know. That, that whole scene kind of felt unnecessary to me with the way the movie went. I, I feel like that's when they could have... Well, see, it, the movie ends up being that not really showing an it, or there, there's really nothing that comes at night unless, unless you take it as this disease that is infecting them. Since it takes a day, it technically does come at night in a way. Yeah, I think that's the only really conclusion you can draw from the title. Because, I mean, nothing else really happened. So yeah, if they were going to show something, or if there could have been an it, or, or something more menacing, you know, to, to, the, to the plot, I think they could have showed it there. And that would have built suspense throughout the rest of the movie. But that's just us pick, uh, rewriting the movie. Yeah, it's almost like there's no threat they can actually deal with. And it's it's almost like fatalistic where it just happens and you got to deal with it. There's no like resolution. And that's, I mean, I understand what they're going for and that's how I can see the, the artistic standpoint behind it. But it's not something people really want to watch. Yeah. It's, it, you really have to immerse yourself. I, I wish they would have, pres- they would have known. Well, A24 does a lot of, you know, movies, a lot of like those art house movies, like, Moonlight was technically, I feel like, an art house movie. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It's probably not for everybody, um, but it was definitely, it was definitely good in in what it brings up and what it shows and the story it tells of the kid uh, is is all good and the way it's filmed and how how well it's acted. And A twenty four movies are they have all of that. I mean, the only thing I can say that's the only two movies that I've seen A twenty four wise, because I didn't see The Lobster, and um, they showed Ghost Story. That's like one of the other A twenty four movies that we saw a trailer for. Um, uh, was the The Green Room and Swiss Army Man, which are completely different movies because Swiss Army Man technically a comedy, and then The Green Room's kind of like a like a thriller, in a way. And this, I would say, is a thriller. But it's more like psychological um, suspense in a way, because like you, like you said, you you want something to happen, so you kind of trick yourself. Yeah, and I that's that's an okay thing to do, but I wouldn't advertise it as like a horror movie. I think that's the problem: is you advertise it as a horror movie, so you're forcefully tricking people into it. Yeah, I mean, you're, it, you're not letting people come to their own conclusion. Yeah, it, ha- it definitely has elements of eeriness and um i like a lot of the camera shots because it it helps uh present or you know i mean it helps lay out that the eeriness to to the movie but it it, then again it doesn't really it it's not horror because nothing really horrific happens and there's a few jump scares other than that though i think the uh, it really makes me think of the uh, the video game Gone Home, because in that game you're you're investing in a house and you're walking around. There's a storm going on, so there's like a few like parts where like thunder will hit at a specific part and like kind of scare you. But at the same time, that game's not advertised as a horror game, so you know it's not like nothing's going to get you. Yeah. Or like you know pop out out of nowhere. 
Okay. Whereas this movie, like, was advertised like a horror movie. Yeah, it definitely so was. It, you're expecting something, and I think that's kind of that's what makes people even more mad is that you advertised it one way, and then didn't deliver on it. So you, it's like you tricked people into seeing it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I obviously the people in the theater definitely felt that way. They they did not like it. I mean, I'm sure that that one couple probably was like getting a refund for this. Even the guy at the door who took forever to talk to uh, the two people in front of me for 10 minutes before he bought my ticket and made me forget to uh, do my stubs thing at AMC so I can get it for $5, which I'm pretty mad about because I had to pay full price for this movie. Um, said, he was like, oh, you got, don't, you got trapped. Don't go in there. You fell for it or something like that, he said. and Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that's... That's definitely how people are going to look at it. You know, it's not... Yeah. It's not like you wanted to see this movie because you knew what it was. It's because you were tricked into seeing it. I almost think that's why critics might like it more is because they have more of an understanding of what it actually is. Whereas, you know, all we get is the the media marketing from it. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think if I would have watched the movie at home, you know, by myself, just watching it and knowing what it is, I would have I thought it was okay. But because it's almost like I was tricked into doing it, I didn't like it. Yeah, that's true. And I think... Um... We went into it too uh, with a lot more expectations because of the um, a lot of the praise it's getting in a way. But I mean, even before the movie started, you brought it to my attention that users don't like it. Yeah, and I didn't know why because I hadn't read anything. But I mean, I bet if you go and read some of those reviews, you'll easily get the same opinions. You know, where you know mercifully giving it now, we're we're not going like hard on it but i'm sure people have been destroying it on yeah. review site well that that drunk old guy did when he uh left the movie theater. i'm sure he yelp reviewed it you know yeah <laughs> yelp review for movies oh i'm sure he did he's i'm i'm totally complaining about this on yelp and amc's like oh, we have no say in the matter <laughs> yeah um other than that uh so it leads to where the the will and his family the, the straight-faced guy they they get there and uh well they i guess i could back up backtrack a little bit and say that the kid has a dog and the dog you know something happens to the dog but the door gets left open at night and then again i think you're tricked there too cuz you think you you think it might get good there for a finale towards the end cuz like something's actually there yeah. yeah like something's actually there something got in or some there's some things are trying to get in cuz they act like they see something in the woods and then it alludes to the door uh, thing at night getting open when the kid has the small kid. Um, what was the other kid's name? It was Travis. And the Focus? The, Travis. And the, uh, the younger kid's name was Andrew. The, uh, you know the thing that made me mad about that scene? is because nothing gets delivered. I don't think the dog needed to die. That's true. I think it was really it was pointless that was just an emotional that was just a thing to get your string emotional strings yeah and i i don't see the point in that yeah it doesn't serve the plot at all with how they went with the direction of the movie yeah because we were like there could be something in the house check the house there could be something in the house and it, nothing there's nothing nothing there's and no it's never it. even addressed that you know he might have shot his own dog which they kind of suggest but i mean even if that did happen they never suggest how it happens yeah or, you know, even show you. Or if it is a dream or not a dream. Like, it's just dismissed. It's like, oh, okay, that happened. Let's move on. And then 
the people staying with Joe Egerton's family, Will and the Straight Face Will, and I'm gonna call him Straight Face Will. Uh, the girl that the kid, uh, Trevor, right? Is that what I said? The kid's name is Andrew. And no, the other kid. The younger kid's name is Andrew. What about the one that they focus on? The focus kid is Travis. Travis. That's what. Why did I say Trevor? I don't know. Travis kind of likes the the wife of Will or girlfriend or whatever it is, but. He sees the kid uh, sleeping. He, you know, he helps him back to his room to find out that Joe Egerton knows that that's the sign that that kid is sick. And I think he realizes too that his son touched him. And you, you were like, "Time to die, son." And oh yeah, because it was just like he, he knew something was up when he's like acting abnormally. He's like, "You touched him? Did you touch him?" Yeah, and that door was open. You know, the dog and stuff. But again, you know, never really goes anywhere with some of that scenes like you could easily explain half of the, the last half of the movie in like two scenes it just draws it out and i appreciate the the psychological parts of this movie i i like the psychological aspect of this movie i just it's just the fact that it it's so misleading at parts to where you actually think there could be an it or it's or whatever and it's just not it's it's just I feel like it's almost a tool to to make us want something, in a way. To keep you watching it? Yeah, to keep you watching it, exactly. I can definitely agree. They, uh, the, the kid ends up being sick, obviously, and you know the families have an altercation. Uh, they uh, end up killing the other family, all of them, even yeah. the kid. And, I mean, that's, that's basically almost where the movie resolves. Then the uh, Travis, the the older kid, goes through like a series of, of dreams, I guess. I guess. Or I guess they're dreams of... slash visions, like a blurry visions because he's in and out because he's sick. Yeah. So you, you maybe get the sense that maybe he is not sick. Yeah, you can't really tell at that point. You're like, is he sick? Is he not sick? And the movie just closes with them sitting at the table with him not there. And I really, I appreciate the way they did this. But again, it's just, at that point, you're like, this isn't what I signed up for, you know. Yeah, it's it's all about the marketing. Like even when we when we do final summaries and grades, I have I have two grades for this movie. That's one. One is based on the expectations set by them, not by me. Yeah, and the other one is just based on what the movie is. Because it's not bad. I'm not, I'm not gonna say the movie's bad. Yeah, it's just for what they told you it was. It's not what it is. And you know, not only are we stretched on time but the reason this episode is going to be short is because uh there's not a lot of content to this movie john literally just said that it's um, just there's there's nothing here there's nothing to talk about i mean the, the plot points we've just discussed that's the entire movie but what over a span of an hour and 50 minutes two hours yeah like it's it's ridiculous it yeah it pretty it pretty much is um so i said we do uh Likes and dislikes or positive, negatives and positives, ups and downs, whatever we want to call it. Um, and then we do final summary in our grade. Or we can also talk about maybe like whatever favorite scene was in the movie. Because there are there is a scene in the movie that I particularly had me going. Like I, like I thought it was awesome. But then, you know, it, it's my favorite and it could technically be my least favorite in a way. But anyway, John, what was some things that you liked about this movie? I, I do like how the movie is presented. 
um, in terms of the way it's filmed and the vibrant colors. Because you, while it is dark, you do get a very finely detailed shot. Um, there's a lot of good scenes in terms of the, where it's filmed and everything and the hallways and everything and how they film that. Um, I, I, obviously, I like the people involved in it, minus uh, Straight Face Will. I didn't really care for his acting. But everybody else was fine to me. They did their, you know, jobs. And it was believable. Uh, minus, minus Will. Because I just couldn't take him sometimes. It was always the same. It was almost monotone at times where he, he had no emotion. I feel like that's another element of them kind of using that to be... to Like a plot device to keep it going. You know? Yeah. Keep yeah, making yeah. you think. Yeah. Keep you uh, interested to be like, what, what what's going on? Who is... Was he going to turn on them? You know, blah, blah, blah. It, it's just... I don't know. Is it is that all your likes? Um, I did like how they were in the. Uh, I like the beginning of the movie. Obviously, I do like the area they were in and how they showed how they lived. I thought that was nice to see how they survived. You know, it's not straight uh, plot point, plot point, plot point. It's more of a here's the break and how they actually survive. But that's about it for me. Um, some of my likes, I would say the acting I thought was, was a thumbs up. Uh, the acting was pretty good. I can see why critics will give it positive based on that alone. The acting was convincing and the, the main focus, the kid was actually pretty good besides, you know, it, it's not his fault. I thought his acting was good. It's just that the dreams and stuff to string you along, to keep you interested in the movie, uh, cause I feel like they didn't really have much. They they felt like they could make something artsy and psychological, and they you know what I mean. I just feel like they didn't have much, and they were just like, let's make a movie out of it. We don't even get a a clear definition of the threat. Either. No, we don't ever get. I mean, I understand the characters don't really know what happened, but all we ever get is that you know people started getting sick and then they died. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you could do that with anything. You could vaguely yeah. describe it and perceive it as a threat but it doesn't make for a good movie uh the filmmaking in general like you were saying john i thought i thought that um that i think makes this movie a a, a positive is the way the filmmaking is and uh it, it it's almost an art film and a thriller with some ear what i want i don't want to say horror elements but maybe suspenseful Maybe I'll combine them into suspar, suspenseful horror, suspar elements. His sense. His sense. <laughs> um, the camera shots, like you were saying, it it, it definitely set the tone for the environment, the environment, and um, stuff like that, and it helped make the movie more eerie at certain uh, parts of the movie. I I was dig, I do dig the psychological aspect because it made me, it made me think, and it made me you know, guess what was coming. So I, I was, I do like how I didn't know what was going to happen in a way. You know, I, I kind of like that it wasn't predictable, I will say. What are some of your dislikes, John? Exactly what you just said is a dislike. It's not predictable, but in the worst way because it's misleading. Like I said, if it had been marketed to be what it is, that would be great. Because then I wouldn't know what was happening, and I wouldn't expect something to happen that is never going to come. 
Because I think if you don't deliver on, you know, what you promised, it's not you're actually tricking people into thinking something. I just I can't I can't get behind that. I can't support that. Um, I didn't necessarily dislike anything else really, uh, minus Will. I didn't I didn't like him, but I mean I I, I do think that's the character. Um, I didn't really think. The whole family thing, like him going to get them and coming back, and that ambush scene was necessary at all, just because that was just to keep the the plot going. Well, I mean, as soon as like you you went to the bathroom during yeah. this this point, but as soon as they get ambushed, they deal with those guys. You know, they they throw the bodies behind a stump. Yeah, that's when I left. You left. You literally missed nothing because it's immediately cutting to them driving back with the family. Like he doesn't even meet them at like the house or even he doesn't even drive up to a house. Really? Literally just comes back in the truck with the family and they're there. It doesn't there's no point to that. You could have yeah. just had him leave and come back and done something with like the mom and the son. Maybe, you know, another like night where they were, you know, alone and something was making noises outside or something. Anything there would have been better than that whole scene, in my opinion. But I don't have a lot of dislike other than, uh, you know, misinformation. I think my, my only dislike would have to be almost the same, almost the same thing. It, I, I didn't like how they used certain parts to keep you watching the movie. And some maybe those four people that left... Uh, Maybe they were right to leave because, uh, I mean, what were some of the ones we said? The the think you you thinking you saw the guy on the stump in the thing in the woods. The door being unnaturally open. The, yeah, the door being the people unopened. People seeing things in the woods. P- yeah, people seeing things in the woods. You know, Will's uh, straight face. You know, um, trying to be like a gray character, like neutral, in the sense of his acting. So you you second guess him all the time. It just, and even Joe Egerton's, uh, the way he acted some of the stuff where he was second guessing the characters also made you, I think, strung you along to, to, to complete the movie, honestly. To piggyback on that, the, the title, uh, I didn't like the title. It doesn't make sense. The father's blatant, uh, comment of, we don't open the door at night, you know, yeah, that just suggests there's a perceived threat out there. Exactly. We never get that. What? Yeah. The door shouldn't even matter if it's a plague. Why was the door red? Well, if it's a plague, it doesn't matter if you lock the house unless somebody's going to come in. So you're not going to catch anything, you know? Unless they're just locking it to make sure people don't get in and infect them, stumble to them. Or... Even then, they'd have to touch them because it's obviously not airborne. Yeah. Well, because nobody can really stumble in because the grandfather, if it happens in a day, you're you're gone because the grandfather looked like he couldn't move or breathe hardly. Yeah, and I it just doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. and it makes zero sense. But I mean, again, I, the last thing I will say is the dog didn't need to die. Dog didn't need to die. That's a dis. That is a dislike from me too. So uh, favorite scene in the movie, if you have one. If I had one, I guess it'd have to be the shot, which is I mean, from the trailer with the kid in the lantern in the hallway when you're looking from the door to him and then from him to the door. I think that's the best shot in the movie. But I, I don't know in terms of a scene where something actually happens. I don't think I have one. My favorite uh, scene or shot is when 
they drive by when they're driving and you think you see something that could be, you know, whatever it it is or the threat that's out there. And it's also my least favorite because it pretty much doesn't mean anything ever. So is it I don't know. Let's let's just do final summary and grade with this and uh we'll sweep it under the rug. I'll uh, I'll go first. Uh if I knew what this movie was going into it and I voluntarily watched that because of that, I would give this movie an 8 out of 10. Honestly, I think it is good for what it is. But based on what I was, you know, informed that it was and what they try to get you to believe it is, I would give it a 5. Vastly different grades and I think it it's reflected in most reviews that it's just not not something that was marketed the way it should have been. So I think um from the psychological standpoint of this movie and from completely you know not knowing what to expect and in making me second guess everything, I would also give it an eight out of ten. But you know, how pleased I was paying full price and you know, talking about it and thinking about it and think about how we're pretty much just strung along to complete the movie in a way. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. I would say that I'm uh I'm not the Oscar committee. Yeah. So it's it's not for me. That's not what this movie is made for. It, it I mean I respect the art it, it delivers, I respect the filmmaking. Uh I'm not saying that's bad at all. I, I like I said, I, I like the acting. I liked all the all the filmmaking aspects. Um it's just there's a lot lot there's I, I'm not saying there has to be a lot, but like we said, it just kinda it's very misleading. It strings you along and the title doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really I don't know. I, I mean there's a bazillion movies out there where the title probably is misleading as well. But really it's about the marketing, the trailers. So John, what'd you what'd you was your final grade? An eight and a five. An eight and a five. You can average those together. You cannot. I don't. What care. was that? What would that be? A six point five. Yeah, roughly right around there. Um. So, off of his eight and his five, it would probably be a six point five, and me, it'd probably be. Yeah, I'd give it a seven and a ten. So it it it's somewhat positive and uh, somewhat negative at the same time. I think for both of us, because we were expecting more. Uh, but. Be be uh you know see it if you want if it sounds interesting to you uh just be warned it's not a horror movie that's the one thing we have to it's a psychological uh thriller with suspense elements that are eerie about it make it makes you think and it strings you along but if you like the the filmmaking aspects if that's your main dig about movies I don't know then. You might really enjoy this movie, uh, but if you're just like someone like us who just loves being entertained and you want to go escape and you want to go to the theater and see something, uh, and you think you're going to be scared or you think you're going to, I don't know how else to say it, um, just come out thinking that you were super entertained. I mean, this pretty much, what did I say earlier, John? It, 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 it pretty much is like 
it strings you along to an ending of saying, oh, there's sadness in the world. Like, it, it's, it's just, it's not... It's a statement. Yeah, I mean, not, not all horror movies have happy endings. I'm not saying it needs a happy ending. I'm just saying it... It, it needs a resolution. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. But um, that's our take on It Comes Out at Night. Uh, if you totally um, don't hate us by the end of this because you like the movie, or if you, uh, you know, if you do really enjoy listening to Cinema 7, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, Cinnamon... 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 Cinema 7 uh, underscore podcast. We're flavored now. We're flavored. Uh, on Facebook, we're Cinema 7 podcast. Uh, make sure to look us up. If you're listening to us on iTunes um, and you want to listen to us somewhere else, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on SoundCloud. Where else are we, John? Uh, Last.fm. Tumblr. Patreon. We're not on Tumblr. Yeah, we are. I we made, are? I made a Tumblr. You did? I did. We got to start taking pictures when we do sh- when we do episodes. But if you like the show, make sure to follow us on social media and make sure to subscribe, follow whatever you whatever site you listen to us on. Make sure to rate and review us and uh, give us some feedback. Like we've been saying, we really uh, would appreciate the feedback and it would help us improve and it would help us get um, you know more people on there. If you visit our, visit fidget fidget spinner. If you visit our pa- Patreon page, you can, um, you know, support us for as less as a dollar, or at le- at least a dollar. And speaking of our Patreon page, just gotta, you know, gotta throw it out there. Gotta uh, commit to it. Th- gotta... Thanks, mom, for uh, supporting the podcast. Yep, <laughs> gotta thank go. my mom again. Uh, so yeah, if if you if you in any shape or form support the podcast by just giving a dollar or any amount. You will say your name on the podcast as a, as a supporter of this podcast, and we will give you a shout out. John will mostly give you a shout out, uh, but I I gotta give my own mom a shout out. You know, uh, you know, there's cool tiers on there. Go check it out. Five dollars you get a sticker. You know, ten dollars you can be a guest on a podcast. Anything over that, I think we're gonna give you a t-shirt. But it's pretty neat. And make sure to go to our website, cinema7podcast.com. There you can subscribe to our newsletter. If we get enough uh, subscribers to our newsletter, we will start doing more. Uh, So we're Cinema 7. I'm going to send it off to uh, Chris Hawk with the Chris Hawk send-off. So uh, at Cinema 7, we want to thank you always for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us.